Parashat Sazinu. It's really called the Shira Sazinu. It's called the Song of Hazinu. It's even written in the Torah, not in normal lines, but in the front of, so to speak, columns of the song. It was sung by the Levine, the Beis HaMikdash was the song. And if you look through the Pesukim of Hazinu, I want to ask a very simple question. And that is, why is Hazinu a song? Not just does Hazinu repeat the message of the Klalas, and that is that if Klai Yisrael don't live to, listen to Hashem, they're going to be punished. The enemies are going to overtake them and persecute them and massacre them. That's what the Pesukim say. The sword will render its damage in the streets and mechadara meimo. In the homes will be fear, will be death, and it won't spare anybody. Gam bachur, gam besula, men, women, elderly, the children. The extent they nearly get destroyed, they nearly become extinct. Not only does it repeat the message of the Klalas, but Hazina takes it to an entirely new level. The Klalas are a warning. If, if you don't listen to Hashem, it's just an impossibility. Hazina is a prediction. Hazina is telling us it's going to happen. Klai Yisrael are being foretold, you're going to be destroyed. You're going to be butchered. You're going to lose Eretz Yisrael and you're going to go into Goddess. That's the song. That's the Shira. That's something to sing about. That should be a kinah, if anything. But the Torah itself calls Hazino a Shira. Kisvul Achem is a Shira Hazais. Why is this a Shira? It's a very basic question. And the answer is a very important principle. But I want to preface it with a story. The story of Rav Sajigon. At the time of the Goinim, the time following the Talmud in Babel, the Rasha Yeshiva of the two big Yeshivas were called Goinim. At the time in Babel, the Jews had semi-autonomy and therefore the Gon who was the head of the yeshiva was also somewhat of a governor it wasn't just a title of covet or a position of Torah teaching he was also responsible for the internal affairs of the Jewish community and of course it came with tremendous prestige and tremendous power in his time Rav Sadia was the Gon and the story goes one year in Erev Pesach, he bought obviously a covered yamtif, he bought new dishes for his entire family and all the people who would be joining him over yamtif. And he sent his servants to the river to be told the dishes. It was a big quantity, it must have been a whole crate. 
And the servants thinking that they would save time and rather than immersing each dish separately in the river, they decided that they would immerse the whole crate. Do all in one go. So they tied the ropes around the crate, they loaded it into the water, and when they tried to pull it back out again, the rope snapped, and the crate was literally sank to the, to the floor of the river. Okay. It came back empty-handed, told of what happened. The following year, Pesach once again, Rafsadi had bought a whole crate of new dishes, and he sends the servants back to the river to table the dishes for Yomtev. Maybe this time with the warning to do the separately. And this time the servants go to the river, and they return home, not with one set of new dishes, but with two. Rafsadi asked them what happened. And they say that when they went to be table the new dishes and they reached into the water so they felt a crate which was just beneath the surface. And they pulled it out and it was a crate from the previous year. All the dishes were still there. So to have go look at this amazing chesed, so to speak. That even what you had written off as a loss, even the kalim that you thought you had lost will return to you. The servants might have been jubilant. They noticed if Sadia turned away and started to cry. There was political intrigue in Babel too, and if Sadia had his enemies who maligned him to the king and was going to cause an insurrection, and as a result, if Sadia had to flee Babel. He lost his position, his power, his money, he became a fugitive. He left Babel, he had nowhere to go. But a former student of his who had moved to Mitraim, who had moved to Egypt, and had become successful there, sent a message to Rafsadia inviting him to come to Egypt, where this student promised he would take care of Rafsadia, host him, look after him. Having nowhere else to go, Rafsadia accepted. He journeyed to Egypt. But no sooner had he arrived in his student's house, he was greeted and looked after. He contracted some kind of a sickness and his condi- condition deteriorated from day to day. Until it became clear that his life was on the line. Rafsadi's the students spared no expense to find the best doctors to try and find a cure. And eventually one of them told him that if they would take what, what cures do they have in the olden days if they would take certain plants, certain herbs so but again a very strong dose and they have to boil them up for three days and as it boils it will become stronger and stronger it will become more and more of a concentrate when it's reduced to just one spoonful try to feed it to the side you're going maybe the effects of these plants, the effect of these medicinal herbs will be strong enough to cure him. The student goes out, he buys all the ingredients, he starts to boil it up. Three days. And all the while they're davening, if Sajid will live long enough to be given the cure. And of course, the odor of these, of these cooking of these herbs permeates the house. 
gets stronger and stronger. The more and more the liquid boils away. And after three days, they're left with just one spoonful of an extremely concentrated soup, so to speak, which are made from these herbs. Sadia's so student, Balabai, says, I'm going to administer the medicine myself. I'm not trusting anybody else with this. So he takes a spoonful and very, very carefully makes his way to Rafsadia's room where he's lying semi-conscious in the bed. Slowly, slowly, the student lowers the spoon to Rafsadia's lips and he's about to gently leave it into his mouth when a spider falls off the ceiling, directly into the spoon, and all that precious liquid splatters all over the floor. An entire household is watching the events unfold or overcome. They waited three days for this. This was the, the cure everybody was hoping would work. And now it's all gone. And have to start again. And how do they know if Sajid will live long enough for another three days to be to, to attempt, a second attempt? But amazingly enough, even in a semi-conscious state, if Sajid was happened, understood what the situation, he started to smile. The student wastes no time. Straight away he starts again. Once again he buys all the ingredients, starts boiling them up a second time. Three days later, once again, he has the one spoonful of this powerful concentrate which is meant to cure Sajid. This time, once again, he brings it to Sajid's room. Maybe having checked the seating first. And carefully, carefully feeds Rafsadia this potion drop by drop and Baruch Hashem, it works and slowly, slowly Rafsadia begins to recover when it's already better and no longer in a situation of being ill so the student comes to him and says, Rabbeinu, my teacher I would like to explain something to me so the first time when we try to organize a medicine and the second word I was about to feed it to you, the spider falls in and all gets lost. We all saw it as a tremendous tragedy. But I noticed you started to smile. And now that I'm thinking about it, I remember something else I found very incongruous. So all those years ago in Babel, when your servants brought back on the era of Pesach the dishes which everybody had thought had been lost the year before, and he thought it was such an amazing chesed, he started to cry. Explain to me, what, what was the reason for these reactions? And Rafsadia shares a principle. And Rafsadia told him, should not, that a person's life is like a circle. So that sometimes the person's at the very top. And I guess the stage was so unbelievable. Things can't get better. But it doesn't have to stay there. The wheel starts to spin. And it might be a person's reached the crest and now he's on the way down. But sometimes also it gets to the stage of the person's at the very bottom. And as bad as things are, it looks like it can't get worse. But you should know he's reached the nadir, the lowest point. From here he's going to start going up. Says Rabsadigon. When I was at the height of my success, and only that, even things I thought were lost, Hashem returned to me. 
There's a certain feeling that things couldn't get better. So at that stage, I was scared. Maybe they're going to get worse. That's why I started to cry. Indeed, that's what happened. I had to flee from Babel. I lost everything. And things were getting worse and worse. I even lost my health. I was at the brink of death. And the only salvation everyone was relying on was this one spoonful of this medication. And when that also got ruined, so I felt now I've reached the lowest point. And I hope from here things will improve. So I smiled. Later I found the same idea in a midrash. About Shlomo Melech. Shlomo Melech it says he had a band on his wrist which had the words inscribed in it. Gam ze yavor. This will also pass. Shlomo Melech also reached the height of success. The king of worldwide dominion. Tremendous wealth, tremendous chachmah, everything a person could ask for. He reached the top. With Gam Zeyavor, that will also change. And Dr. Gemara tells us the king of the Shadim, Ashmedai, banished him from Yerushalayim, and he was held to a distant location, no one knew who he was. And Shlomo Melech said, from my position of greatness, of wealth, of prominence, all I was left with was a stick in my hand. And no one even believed in that he was Shlomo. And from that depth of poverty, of disappointment, of isolation, Again, it can change too. And things will start improving. This isn't just the story of the individual. This is the story of Klai Yisrael. We ask the question, why is Pasha Sazino Ashira? What's there to sing about? our own destruction. Because that's only the first part of the passion. For Klai Yisrael at the top, like Hazinu begins, they'll be put on the top of the world. They'll be given the fatness of the sheep and the bountifulness of Eretz Yisrael, the choicest product. So yes, from the position at the top, there's this, there's this warning that Klai Yisrael are going to slide down. But there's a second part of Hazinu too. And there's a Klaus right now crushed under oppression, subjugated, exiled, massacred, and they're at the very bottom. The Shira carries on. And it tells us that Kodesh Baruch is going to see Klaus Israel's loneliness. And the puzzle carries on. Hashem will fight the enemies. Li nakam v'shilem. Revenge. Justice is mine. Le'ez tamud raglam. When the Kaisal have slid to the lowest point. Because the FS Otsar was, there's no one left to help them.
by Hashem. Hashem says, "If Shanaisi Barak Kharbi, I'll take the lightning as my spear." And Oshiv Nakam Sainav and Msana Yashalem. I'll destroy the enemy in return. I'll bring back La Yisrael. The Chipper at Mosayamai. There's a second part to the circle. From the lowest point, La Yisrael back on their way up. Now let's look where the Shira of Hazinu was told to Kla Yisrael. In the end of last week's parasha Vayelech, when Moshe is instructed to teach Hazinu to Kla Yisrael, so what are the circumstances in which Moshe is told to tell Kla Yisrael about Hazinu? Hashem tells him, I know that Kla Yisrael after your death are going to sin, and Mitzena Rois Rabbis Vitzaros. They're going to get to a situation where there's much bad and many tzaras which they're afflicted by. And at that stage, at that low point, then the onsa hashira lefon of le'ed, then hazinu becomes the shira. For Klai Yisrael who are oppressed, for Klai Yisrael who are suffering, So then Hazinu is a shira. That's a song. It's a song of hope. Because from this point we can only go up. And just like the first part was predicted it's going to happen, the second part is going to happen too. There's a chazal, which the Vilgon explains to us. We know there were a number of discussions between the Savid de Ve'atuna who were considered to be the sages of the Greeks, the wise men of old, and the Tanah of Yishuv and Hananya. The Gemara Bukharis brings them in a form which is more the form of a riddle, very esoteric language. And the Vilna Gaon explains to us the depth of what the discussion was about. It's not clear whether when they argued with each other, it was in the form of these Mishalim too, or the Gemara just records it in an esoteric way. But one of the discussions, the Sabbath debate when they asked Rabbi Yishe, they said, if one has salt, salt is normally a preservative. If one wants to keep something from rotting, from spoiling, you salt it. Salt maintains, maintains it. But what happens if the salt itself begins to rot? What are you going to use to preserve it? If the preservative itself becomes spoiled, what are you going to use to preserve it? How do you salt salt which is spoiled? The Bishah's answer with the child after birth of a mule. Which obviously makes no sense. Firstly, why would that help salt? And secondly, a mule is barren doesn't have children. And that's what the Savad of Yatana asked him. He said, does a mule have a child? And Rishi's answer, well, does salt spoil? Salt doesn't rot. So what is the question? What is the answer? The Vilnagan explains like this. The Vilnagan explains, the question they were asking was, 
The Torah says that when Klai Yisrael sin, Klai Yisrael are going to be banished from Eretz Yisrael. They're going to be sent to Goddess. And the point of sending to Goddess is to be a punishment. But it's going also meant to be a factor which will get Klai Yisrael to do tshuva. The Pasuk says, when they in Yamim, when they are dispersed around the globe, then Klai Yisrael will do tshuva, and therefore the Goddess will be a catalyst for Klai Yisrael to come back. And therefore, the Chazal say in the Lashon, what preserves Klai Yisrael is Yisrael. What keeps Klai Yisrael from getting lost completely is the fact that when Klai Yisrael starts to sin, HaKadosh Baruch punishes them. That's meant to return them to the path they're meant to be. If you want to describe it figuratively, the salt which keeps Klai Yisrael from spoiling is the Goyim, is the Golas, is the Yisrael which Klai Yisrael are given. But the Sabbath of Be'atuna, we don't see that. We see Klai Yisrael go to Golas and get worse. We see they learn from the nations around them and they adopt their bad practices. The level of Klai Yisrael hasn't gone up in Golas. It's only gone down. And if that's the case, the salt is spoiling. What was meant to preserve Klai Yisrael, it itself is, getting, is ruining Klai Yisrael. So what's going to reverse that cycle? If Golas isn't bringing us to Chava, just the opposite. Golas is making us further away so then there's no possibility of Klai Yisrael coming back. And Rabbi Shur's answer, how do you stop the salt spoiling? With the birth of a mule. What is he referring to? There's a principle which Navi Yechazkel already tells us. And that is, there's a second track why Hashem will bring the Gu'alot also. Not just because Klai Yisrael I have done Shiva, but also because the fact that we're in God has created Chilul Hashem. The Goyim feel that they're more powerful than Hashem. That's how they could conquer Klai Yisrael. And that makes the Chilul Hashem. And therefore, like Novi Yechazkel says, Lo manchem and Yisrael. It won't be for you that I'm going to bring the Goyim. But rather to rectify the Chilul Hashem for Hashem's great name, which has gotten profaned, has gotten disgraced by the fact that we're in Goddess. There's a second track to Gola. And after the Gemara says, there's a possibility of Mashiach coming when Klai Yisrael deserve it. There's a possibility of Mashiach coming when Klai Yisrael don't deserve it. And the difference is, when Klai Yisrael deserve Mashiach, he'll come in majesty. As the Apostle says, V'arim anun e'shmael, riding the clouds of Shemayim. But there's also the possibility of Klai Yisrael not deserving it. And then Mashiach will come like an only reicha v'lachamor, like a poor man riding a donkey, symbolizing the poverty of Klai Yisrael's spiritual state. But he'll come. He'll come to correct the Chilul Hashem which has been brought to bat. Now that's something which Alpiya Teva shouldn't happen. Because Baruch Hu is going to intervene miraculously 
in order to restore the covet of Shem Shemai. The concept of the mule, the donkey which Mashiach is riding, is this idea. Something which naturally doesn't have a future, doesn't have an offspring. But if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to bring Mashiach in order to in order to to rectify the Chil Hashem, then he'll bring about a change in the world, miraculously, for Mashiach to come. We see this the whole way down the line. In the natural order, Mashiach should never have been. Abraham Avinu should never have had children. The fact that Baez married Rus and she was able to conceive was also a nest. In many other stages, through the lineage of Mashiach, we find the nest taking place. A mule had a child. It's the miraculous taking place. And the Sabbath of Atuna on Sabbath. And that is, does a mule have a child? Which, when I understand what the God explains, that is, that is, is, it, why, is there a reason for Hashem to do a nest like that? In other words, even if there is that possibility of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, doing Nisim miraculously to enable Mashiach to come where does where is there a basis for such a for such a nice to happen where is there a basis for such a mahalach and Rabbi Shah's answer is because the salt really spoil which means have Klai Yisrael already gotten to the stage where they're that bad that they're completely spoiled which means it's true that on the whole, the goddess has affected parts of Klai Yisrael. It's true there's an area where the goddess has been bad for us. But there's still a chedek of Klai Yisrael which is pure, which is strong, which hasn't spoiled. They deserve the nest. But the Yisrael we see, there's a second track to the Gola. There's one option of the Gola coming because we deserve it. There's another option even if we don't deserve it. Even if we don't deserve it. But the God will nevertheless come. That's Hazinu. Hazinu, the Pasuk tells us that the reason HaKadosh Baruch is going to step in because he sees the Goyim saying, Where's the God that they relied on? If he's there, let him come and help you. Challenging Hashem, is he able to help you? And Hashem is going to respond to the challenge, forcefully. Yes, you'll see Goyim. You challenge me, that I'm unable to help Yisrael, that makes it Chil Hashem, you'll see. Hashem will kill. Hashem will destroy. And Hashem will bring Yisrael back to life. Says the Ramban, the end of the parasha, Valdaiti Hazino is a haftacha, that will be a gu'ula, clearer than anything else, because it does not tell you an atchava. The haftach of Hazino is that even if Klai Yisrael don't deserve, there'll be a Geula because of Kvot Shemai. Says Rabban, there's no clearer haftach in the Torah than this. That's the Shira. That's why it's a song. If the Geula was up to us and we're at the very lowest of our misery and we destroyed in the Golas and we're weak spiritually so we could despair of ever getting to the stage where we would deserve it. But if we guaranteed 
that the Geula will come even if we don't deserve it. The Geula will come because HaKadosh Baruch is going to bring the Geula, regardless. Because of the Kiddush Hashem that He wants to make. And even at the lowest point, we have the guarantee that things are going to change. Even at the lowest point, we have something to rely on, we have something to hope for. We have the song of Imuna to sing, whether it's the words of Hazin or the words of Ani Mamin. It's the same song of hope. Hashem is talking to the Klai Yisrael at the bottom. To Klai Yisrael who beset by Mitzvah, Rois, Rabbis, Vitzoros. Klai Yisrael who overcome by suffering. Klai Yisrael who holding or giving up. For them, the Haftacha, the Rakadosh Baruch the world will turn. And Hashem will bring us back up again. Well, that's Haftacha, that's something to sing about. That's the Shira. It's the most beautiful song. Because it's the song of Arimuna. And however bad the matter is, even when we feel we've reached the bottom, from here we're only going to go up. Until like the Pasuk ends, Mechipar Admosli Amway. Baruch will restore Klai Yisrael. Israel, bring them back to the stage of their greatness.